Hi, welcome to McDonald's. May I take your order? Yeah, give me a uh, hamburger and french fries and a Coca-Cola. That'd be 35 cents, please. Great. 15 cents is your change. Hello and welcome to the Movie Mouthfuls podcast, a movie podcast with zero table manners. Each episode we'll be tucking into movies and the odd television show to chow down on some of the most iconic cinematic cuisine scenes in cinema history, as well as just about everything else we can get our hands on. I'm Jordan, the bloke trying to be known as the film fella online, and as always I'm joined by the UK's number one competitive eater, it's Beard Meets Food. Beard Meets Food in the house. I was waiting for you to turn me on there. Yeah, you already turned on. Yeah, yeah. Already Epis- switched on. <laughs> episode number two, I'm ready to go. Sounds a bit terrible telling, telling to turn you on on the podcast <laughs> we, could do, we could do that later this place does have lots of rooms in which to get funky <laughs> but we say it had like an aura or some sort of like power how are you doing anyway you doing all right yeah, i'm good man i'm good i'm, I'm uh, excited to get into talking about mcdonald's yes on film because today's episode we are talking about the founder you know we had, we had a bit of mcdonald's talk a little teeny tiny bit of mcdonald's talk last week but i thought we'll go the whole hog we'll do the film that is actually about mcdonald's and yeah there's not really much else to say is there's a couple of scenes in it with food a lot of it's more of a biopic of sorts um should we just should we just jump straight into some general chat about the founder let's dive straight into the biopic let's try and get us get rid of the waffle yeah the way you said biopic made me laugh Cheers, so- Lee. <laughs> He's back this week. Yeah, we we uh, got him off off podcast, and was like, we need to we need to sort out these uh, these little transitions, mate. And uh, now we just wheel him in. It's his punishment is he's got to just be here and just play chug and and no chug, as we have named the two different transitions we've got now. Indeed. Um, so yeah, can can you remember this film? I've um, obviously had a rewatch of it. I know you've watched it recently, but not. For well, this, um, but you've got a good handle on it because it's about food. Yeah, I can see that I I will not have as um, detailed uh, a knowledge of it as Pulp Fiction last time, which I've seen a lot of times and did go through the trouble of rewatching this. I didn't quite have time, but I have seen it. I actually watched it on the plane on the way back from, I think, the World Oyster Eating Championships. 2019 combination and a half in it yeah i think it was that one it was one of the contests that year but yeah yeah um i mean 2016 was it around then that's when it came out well i mean if it came out in 2016 yeah and i was on a plane i mean they don't get movies really straight away right so if Sometimes i was on a plane do. Do well, pretty, yeah yeah Etihad well, had one i don't know much I, sooner i remember being on a plane in 2019 <laughs> at some point and i watched the founder because it was on the catalog of available films <laughs> and it was probably you know that finding nemo or, or at night at the museum or something terrible so I, yeah i went with that fair enough i mean I, ca- I can't blame you for for those choices i like those films but you know if you're going to watch a film about food you might as well watch this one can you then if you haven't watched it in a little while do you reckon you could give like a brief synopsis for people that have no idea what the hell we're talking about totally i did this last time and i did it quite well so <laughs> if he does the, say so himself the long i mean i would watch it because it's a good film even though it doesn't sound that entertaining on the surface biopic about you know the uh the advent and then uh, uh, metamorphosis of, uh, of of McDonald's, America's most loved fast food chain. Um, but yeah, it's about a guy who um, comes across McDonald's in its infancy and um, is is amazed by the speed at which burgers and stuff are made and uh, how cost effective cost effective is. <laughs> and um, yeah, he then uh, goes on a journey to 
exploit said business owners <laughs> that's um, a good, that's to, a good to, way to turn McDonald's it. into what it is uh, today yeah yeah um exploit is a is a very very choice word i think indeed um we'll we'll get into that we'll get into the uh, the life and styles of mr ray crock and uh, yeah exploit probably will he's come named up a after few those uh, named after those terrible shoes too which people well, collect. There is a bit in the film where he talks about his surname and uh, one of the, one of the particular reasons why he honed in apparently on McDonald's um, to do with his name. But we'll get to that. Yeah. So general chat wise, um, I guess I'm going to kind of lead this and try and bring your sparky brain, I guess, back into life for the founder and see if when I mention stuff, you're like, oh yeah, I remember that bit. Yeah, I'm not in a vegetative state. I mean, <laughs> you, just kinda, you, you go through some key points and I'll uh, I'll, I'll add some color to it. So. Something interesting I did find, or at least I think it's interesting, I'm sure some people will disagree. So the director, John Lee Hancock, describes the founder less as a traditional biopic of a single man, which, you know, it seems to be the focus is on Croc, but rather as a biopic of McDonald's itself with the mega corporation as the main character. Now, once I read this after watching it for the second time, that that does make sense. Like, obviously, Michael Keaton's character of Ray Croc does carry the film, but... It's not, it's almost like McDonald's is part of the ensemble cast of the film. Like it sort of weaves in and out of, of so you're following him through most of it. But I do get that vibe that it's almost a character on itself. Yeah, I mean, the uh, Michael Keaton's great, right? And you're right, he, he does in many ways carry the film. But um, yeah, I mean, I think people find it easy to uh, to personify um, an antagonist, right? Rather than just say it's McDonald's. So he, he kind of is, you know. He's the dude who's the. Yeah, I don't want to see the bad guy. That's that's a little bit. Um, he's a man that tried to get ahead um, any way possible. I mean, to be fair, it does paint him as a bit of a tragic character as well, because up until that point, um, so the film starts, um, and I've already got corrected off podcast. So is it Saint Louis? Is it yeah, just it's in Missouri. Louis? It's right? not Saint Louis, like you're saying it with a French accent. It's Saint Louis. <laughs> you can my, say it with a French my, accent my if friend, you want. <laughs> my friend's called Louis, spelt like this. So anyway, yeah. So 1954 Saint Louis. He is a down on his look. Like he goes to all of these sort of driving diners trying to sell milkshake machines. He's a milkshake mixer salesman. Like that's his whole business. I think he has like one like assistant that helps him back at like his head office, and he just drives around, pulls up at a place, tries to give him the full spiel as to why they need this milkshake mixer which most of them just roll their eyes at him and sort of don't give him the time of day mm. there's a whole chicken and the egg speech that he does that's quite famous in it i didn't write it down because it would have been here for like half the podcast would have been just crazy quotes by ray crock because there's loads he's quite the philosophizer isn't he he's, yeah um, he, he, he's trying to paint it as you know which, which will come first your customers or, or, or the milkshake mixer and like he does the whole like the whole chicken and the egg thing at the beginning and he's like like you were saying even though the film kind of paints him as an antagonistic character but also a sympathetic one like in the end of the day it's hard to judge like you probably come out of it thinking wow this guy's a bit of a jerk but at the same time it's michael had, keaton so how can he be a jerk come on it, he had a lot of crap going into it because i think he's like in, in his late 40s or late 50s in 1954 and, you know, he's managed to get a house with his wife, but that's about it. His wife is played by Dr. Sattler herself. I, I'm a massive Jurassic Park fan, so it's Laura Dern who plays Ethel Croc. But yeah, it's it's one of those sort of situations where you, to begin with, and for probably about three quarters of the film, you're not sure whether you should be on board with him or not. Um, as we mentioned, he's going around trying to sell his milkshake mixes. 
going to driveways, sorry, drive-in takeaways, not driveways, and realises that they're all slow, you get the orders wrong, there's always delinquents, like, playing, like, just music in the cars outside. It's pretty much exactly the same as McDonald's is today. Indeed. <laughs> there's no change <laughs> whatsoever. And obviously, like, you used to get those little clip-on trays onto the side of your car and you used to get cutlery, and I think it's mentioned later on in the film by one of the McDonald's brothers that that's, like, a really bad part of the overheads of those businesses is that used to smash plates, lose plates, people would steal cutlery. So that's where they sort of grew off their idea. So he's down on his look. He listens to like this pep talk vinyl, which I always found quite funny. I don't know if you remember this scene where he sat in his hotel room and it's the, the world is full of educated fools, but persistence is key. And it's like this full spiel about trying to like, you know, be a, be a top salesman. Oh, it's man, like it's a little like vinyl. It's like those entrepreneurs. You say, yeah, wait, wait, yeah. You ever see Mike Winnett? You know his channel. Yes, I've watched a couple of it. Like, I, yeah, you on about the people that he. Yeah, you know, so yeah. he has those videos where he exposes entrepreneurs. Yes. yes. Who basically just give you nonsensical vagaries about how to be better at yeah. everything. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I don't actually remember that scene, but um, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Well, it comes full circle. That's why I've mentioned it because he uh. part of his character development is based on this this vinyl. Um. Obviously. As has Beard rightfully said, you know, he eventually stumbles onto Discovery McDonald's, which is based on that all of a sudden he's not managed to sell any of these milkshake makers or not many of them. And then suddenly this restaurant out of the blue in San Bernardino in California, which is miles away from where he's been selling and wants to buy six of them all at once. And he doesn't believe it, unsure whether it's even true, goes and visits them and bam, that's where... The, the whole McDonald's sort of story starts. Um, I mean, I've got notes here on like the backstory of McDonald's, but we could be forever going through it all. I, honestly, like some mad stuff that I do find hilarious comparing it to McDonald's today is that they had originally a 27 item menu that they then realized was not working, which is why they knocked it down to all the bare minimum, which then created their success, like which made them stand out. But mm. now if you look at McDonald's now, it's probably way more than 27 items on the, the menu. I suppose that that kind of is, is part of a necessary evolution of uh, of restaurants. That you, you, there's a point at which you're going to get sick and tired of eating hamburgers and cheeseburgers. You want a little something else. Um, but it is, I mean, you, when you watch the film, if you're into, you know, looking at fiscal policy of restaurants and stuff like that and how it, like, it blends in with the financial landscape. It's quite it's quite entertaining because they, they pull something mad, which we, we, I'm sure we'll get onto. I'm not looking at the notes, yeah, but no, um, we'll get there, the, but the way they make right. stuff. And it's so revolutionary, you know, to me. It's like, oh my God, you're making all this stuff really quick and, you know, it's totally different to regular restaurants. So, uh, yeah. It has to have it. Is uh, is what he what he says later on that he had to he had to have it. One great scene, um, like this is just obviously the general talk stuff. We've got three big food related scenes that we're going to get onto. But um, where after he's met them and he decides that you have to franchise it, and he's just there, he's like franchise, franchise, franchise the damn thing, and he like like mounts the car, like it's like full on Michael Keaton just in full full swing. And we haven't even mentioned obviously. Both the McDonald's brothers, you've got Nick Offerman, um, you know, Ron Swanson himself. Ron playing, Swanson. Playing Dick McDonald. And you've got John Carroll Lynch, who's an incredibly fantastic actor, playing his brother Mac, which, you know, Big Mac, Mac McDonald. So they, they clearly held some legacy even after what, what Ray did to them. They're fantastic in this film. But yeah, he just mounts their car and he's like giving them this full speech about franchising to which they then tell him that they've, they've already tried and failed. And it's yeah. all about they want to maintain standards. 
across everything that they do, everything's got to be perfect because uh, Dick's like the the numbers guy. Like he, everything's got to be. How many? I'm I'm keeping a Dick count here, by the way. Yeah, no, we should have like a little bing every time. <laughs> so, well, I mean, to be honest, the next bit that I've got on my notes here, um, I I just uh, I watch what I normally do is I watch these films when I did it for the, my film fellow channel for my other podcast, anything else. I'd watch it and I'd just make notes on my phone as I go through. And I must have had to pause it and just sit and laugh for five minutes, knowing that I was going to put this in the podcast and put it in front of Beard Meets Food, who, if I'm guessing if you've watched his videos, you know he's got a bit of a sort of a... A, 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 a three-year-old sense of humour? Yeah, yeah. So the, the yeah. line from, I think it's Mac McDonald that mentions it when they're talking about the, the speedy system and who came up with it. He goes, that's some pure dick magic right there. Yeah. I was just like, oh, oh, that, that, I just... I, I tell you, can't. you know, at my age, some pure dick magic <laughs> would be would be a fine thing. I've got some problems, but you know, let, let's say about that a little bit. I also, I also found it quite funny. I'm sort of, sort of going in on myself here, and uh, you know, I've already had one podcast that I sort of started. I've got a YouTube channel that I've tried to start, but his wife, uh, Look Laura, all these Dern's, plugs, man. How many plugs are you trying? I to just, I'm just a man of you know, spinning so many different plates. Just, just, just trying to be like you, man. That's, <laughs> that's what I'm trying to do. But his wife, uh, Laura Dern, um, Ethel Croc, turns around to him and goes, oh, another dream to chase. And she's like having a go. It just sounds like me. It just, it just resonates with me. I'm just, just chasing. One of these will work. <laughs> you got it. Yeah, you got to keep it. I'm not going uh, to, like, I don't know, screw someone over to get ahead. That'd be a bit mean. I'm, I don't think that's that's in my my wheelhouse, personally. No, I mean, it's, it's, it's not necessary. Up now looking, like, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then you've got all the other stuff, which I found quite funny about... Um, the way that Ray slowly tries to twist the McDonald's brothers into teaming up with him, where he's like, you can turn McDonald's into it. It's going to be like a courthouse or a church. You know, you can see a flag, you see a cross, you see a flag, you see a golden M. It's just, I don't know. Michael Keaton just really sells it in the role anyway. He's like fantastic. But I, I believe a lot of this is true as well. Like I did Google to see whether if any of this is embellished and apparently quite a lot of it is fairly bang on with yeah, stuff the- that he said to him and like, it's in his own like autobiography before he died. All this is just the way that this guy was in real life. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to say all salespeople are, are like that, but there's a there's a, a certainly an element of being a successful salesman, which I think requires you to at least to some degree mislead people or b- bend the truth yeah. to your to your own ends. Just um, a wee bit, a, a little bit, yeah. So that, obviously, after that, he. It, you know the, the film chugs on so like some of the other notes that i've got is that he when he gets that agreement when that happens i, I don't know if you remember they explicitly give him a contract they give him a certain percentage that he's allowed to have they tell him strict guidelines now the store's got to be the blueprints it's got to have a, a walking ice cream freezer that we'll we'll get to um, later on in the podcast yeah it's all that one of the first things he does and you know we're sat here because as part of one of the the uh, the food scenes we're about to talk about. We've got a Coca Cola each, and he turns around and goes, "Oh, get the menu boards and just sponsor them by Coca Cola." It's like it's added revenue without having to do anything. To which Dick McDonald Offerman's character is just like, "No, no, it's not about that. We're not, we're not, we're not about that life. We just want to make yeah. people happy." Which is really, really, really wholesome. If if that was true, they just want to have this nice family restaurant with no nothing, no corporations like over it, was, and then you've got Ray the that's just like, "Look what what it's become." <laughs> it's, it's interesting because I, I don't want to get into the t- too deep an analysis too early on, but um, it is kind of um, a pastiche, if you will, of that whole kind of American dream thing. You got people in the fifties. What is it? Start nineteen fifty four. Yeah, yeah. 
you know, they're coming out of the Second World War. Everyone's kind of idealistic. Great Kumbaya, you know, everyone's kind of... They, and, and then along comes this guy <laughs> to just tear it down in favor of cheap, quick turnover profit. And that's where we uh, we land ourselves now. Though, I mean, you've you got to say, to give you the, the food angle, there is a slight return um, in, in the current market too. It's worked out all right for you. Quality, <laughs> well, quality over speed and quantity, I would say, in the, the, the kind of fast food area, slightly. But um, anyway, that, that, that was just my brain fart. Go on. <laughs> Plenty of brain farts on this. It is the podcast with no table manners. So, you know, you uh, fart away, burp, do what you want. I found it quite funny that his first star employee, when Ray gets his, he, he like has his own franchise, because I'm presuming he wants to make sure that he can copy and replicate so that others can. Um, and he has this guy becomes really big in the corporation. I think he even took over as CEO later on when when Ray like stepped down. Fred Turner, who coincidentally was just a grill guy, so they have designated bays for just how the, the grill guy works. Don't undersell the grill guy. Fred Turner, the patty Turner. He was he was a he was a, the grill guy. He was, and then he oh. ends up being like, well, basically, this is a, a good thing, to, you know, a good message to pass on to listeners, really, is that if you work hard and your boss recognises you, you'll one day become CEO. Yeah, I, I mean, having worked <laughs> in the, the corporate rat race, I'm not certain I agree with that, but... um, Yeah, I mean, I, I worked with you. <laughs> <Yeah>. Great. <laughs> um, what else have we got? Um, I, I don't know if you remember this one. He's got a little bit of food in it. So he's franchised out as Ray. started getting, um, he thinks the best way to do it is to get the big money in. These are the old people that work at the country club. Well, they don't even work at the country club, obviously. The people that go to the country club. Um, schmoozing, he takes his wife. His wife's like, oh my God, as, as life's changed, now we're going there, we're meeting new friends. They're all these old sort of blokes, businessmen. Gets a couple of them to like, just buy in because they think it's going to be quick money. And all of a sudden, they just do whatever they like with all the restaurants they're selling fried chicken they've got like gravy there's, there's all sorts mm. going on he gets a burger it's got lettuce in and that's it he snaps he like goes onto the golf course and he's like lettuce lettuce putting <laughs> 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 his burger in this guy's face um and again it it credits michael keaton because i mean if, if you turn around to me and we're just like right this next scene why don't you just hold this burger really loosely and just flap it in this guy's face and just scream lettuce at him. I don't know how many takes that would have taken, but, um, you know, it, it it showed the difference in the people that he then went to go get as franchisees. He started targeting people that were more like him, like, you know, people that wanted to catch that American dream. The big book, real fast. The, the other salesman, basically, for other companies, like the first one that he gets, and one of the lines that I've got in here is... Um, he gets a, a Bible salesman as he walks into his office. He's realised that these guys are crap. He walks in, he's fed up, and his uh, his secretary's trying to turn away a Bible salesman. Um, he then sort of penny drops in his head. He's like, this is the sort of guy that I need. Someone who's down on his luck, can't sell Bibles at all, but clearly he wants, that's his job. It's his dream. He's, he reminds him of himself or whatever. So chase him down, ask him his name. Can't remember his name. Should have written down his name, but he, he's got like a, a Jewish surname. So the, the one line is, what's a, what's a Jew doing selling a Catholic Bible? Like it's like just such a random... Doesn't beg that question, yeah. And he's he basically just wanted to, to make money is his answer, which then tells him that he needs that guy. So all of his franchisees, then he, he creates the, the McDonald's family. So I don't know if you've ever seen in a McDonald's before, but you've got those... Sometimes pictures, I remember in old McDonald's when I, when I was a kid going in and seeing them on the wall and wondering why there was a big wall of all these people with these weird little hats. They kind of look like the part of uh, like a, a cult or something like that. They've got like purple robes. They've got like little, they look like f- um, fezzes 
but the like McDonald's like cap and gowns, um, and he he brought that in. So the 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 line that he does is McDonald's is family, and there's a full montage of him getting more and more of these like salespeople to join up these couples. If this is a family, where you get you get a complimentary fez for being part of the family. I want in. How do I sign up for this family? I don't know. I don't know if they still do it. You know, I'd be interested. Look, if you work at a McDonald's um, now and you listen to this podcast, um, I'm hoping someone is. Um, yeah, let us know. Chuck us a chuck us a tweet or a comment or yeah. whatever. Let us know whether that's still a thing. If there's still pictures of people wearing these weird, like culty kind of, I said culty by the way, robes and. Uh, I've got an, I got a lot of mileage out the the backwards baseball cap. I'm thinking this could be the time to switch to the fez, and the robe. <laughs> not I'm not averse to that. So yeah, let us know. Yeah, if you can acquire one for beard for his next video for his next Mackie's video that he does. <laughs> Yeah, then you've got basically he just starts changing things more and more to the, the McDonald's brothers' dismay. Um, Dick is like, oh, we've got a wolf in the hen house because he's just like, they've let him in and he's just, just running riot kind of thing. The the sympathetic thing that I was mentioning before, obviously, he's behind on his mortgage because he's remortgaged his house behind his wife's back and that's kind of the friction that causes between him and his wife, um, which he then meets at the bank. Um, Harry Sonneborn, who's another... Um, quite big McDonald's employee through like the 50s and 60s, um, played by BJ Novak, um, who plays Ryan from yeah. The Office. BJ. Yeah, you're laughing at his name, BJ. <laughs> See, this is the level of humour that you get on this podcast, folks. Um, the, this is actually quite a good quote. I really enjoyed this one. You probably, this is what you were getting at earlier. You're not in the burger business. You're in the real estate business. And it's where he, he changes it. He tells him, look, you're not making any money because you should be buying the land and then leasing that out to the franchisees instead of letting them pick the land. And then you just giving them the stuff. He says, you should be making way more money than you are. Yeah. And that is the turning point. And that is how McDonald's is today. A true fact is that McDonald's is one of the biggest like realty sort of like corporations in the world now um, doesn't it end the film with that quote or something yeah it's, it's it... the end you get a couple of things that's where i've got it from oh right i thought you just <laughs> kind of came up with that yeah yeah i remember that being at the end of the film and thinking wow that is uh it's smart it's insidious but smart you know it is so they originally changed the name to the franchise realty corporation before eventually turning it to like the mcdonald's corporation which obviously incenses the mcdonald's brothers more I'm going to just roll through. So I've got a bit here, which I have called, this this little section before we move to food, is the proof that Ray Kroc is an asshole quote section. So I'm just going to go okay. through some of these. So this is what, it's basically a montage of where Ray Kroc just gets the stranglehold on everything because he's already pissed off the McDonald's brothers enough at this point and um, he's, you know, he wants to divorce his wife because he's fallen in love with someone else. He's just a bit of a dickhead. So you've got the the quote, you know contracts are like hearts, they're made to be broken, and then he puts the phone down on them. That's a good one. That's a good line. Really cruel. And then um, when cruel, he's but talk- it's, a, it's a good line though. Yeah, he's fantastic. Plus the delivery the of Michael Keaton because he's just got like, a smirk on while he's doing it, he's got his feet yeah. up on the desk. He's- he plays a good kind of like, not really good, but not really bad guy, but a little bit more bad than good guy. Well, I think the year after this, and slight mini tangent, he played the vulture in Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah. And I do feel like... So because he's, he played some sort of darker... He, played, he did like Birdman. I think it was the year before or a couple of years before The Founder. So he played these kind of darker roles, which has always been in his wheelhouse because he's a fantastic actor. But I think that is where that came from. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next quote is divorce lawyer. Um, he would sooner die than give her one stock of McDonald's. Wow. Harsh. Harsh. That's this so, woman... Yeah. I mean, he thinks that she didn't support him, but she 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 did. She, she supported most of his batshit plans up until this point, and then he couldn't yeah. even give her one stock of a company that's now worth 
billions. That's the nail in the coffin for uh, for Ray Kroc. And then finally, um, his contract with the brothers, he just tells his lawyer to make it go away. Just make it go away, to which the lawyer replies, it'll cost you, and he just shrugs. So, this, yeah, he's That's what full he's... villain mode at this point. Yeah, he's hit full super, super villain mode at that point, you know. Um, he's described as a professional leech by Mac McDonald, who, in this film, has, like, diabetes um, and had been fine for years, but then due to his stress levels and stuff because of Ray, he's then put in hospital, which is the final straw that breaks the camel's back. I feel like that's a, potentially a contributing factor, but probably not the only cause yeah, of yeah, diabetes. Probably not. I mean, selling burgers and sugary drinks and stuff is probably... <laughs> yeah, he didn't, he didn't uh, abide by the old, you know, oh. eat, eat caloric maintenance over time adage. I've missed some more, actually. There's two oh, more right, okay, go for, for, the, for the dickhead Ray Kroc um, sort of section that we've got here. If my competitor were drowning, I'd walk over and put a hose right in his mouth. That's vivid, that's it. The it's imagery dark. behind that one, I like that one. Dark. I might use I'm that next time I'm on stage with like... Stoney. I'll say, listen, Matt, if you were drowning, and if you were choking, I'd come over there and stuff some more hot dogs in your mouth. See, I'm imagining it being like like a thick like McDonald's milkshake as well, so that'd be even worse, like cementy kind of like drowning them with... Yeah. Um, and then the last one, when they're like, oh, we'll, we'll sue you because you're doing all this, and he just tells them that they, they can't afford to sue him because I'm national and you're fucking local. Like, wow. Wow. Yeah. What an asshole. It, it, it really, it really turns. Yeah, he gets, he gets kind of mean pretty quick. I guess, I guess we'll move on to the food stuff. I've got loads of other stuff. I mean, you've got a fantastic line from Dick McDonald later on, which is, if you can't beat him, buy him, because uh, obviously that's what Ray does. Uh, but, you know, I've, I've basically told you some of the best beats of the film there. Those could have been lines of Mr. Burns from The Simpsons. It's that level of kind of megalomania. Yeah. But uh, apparently, allegedly, a real man said these things. Wow! <laughs> and did this stuff? Do you do you change your opinion on the sympathetic thing from earlier, the businessman trying to get a head thing? Or well, I think it's because you see the journey, don't you? He doesn't start that way. I think he's just corrupted by greed. Like I say, it's it's, it's a, a perfect analogy of um the uh the kind of warped version of the American dream that you you see now. I mean, if it, if it helps. Him and his, his second wife, Joan, who we will get to, when he died in 1984, she donated most of their fortune to charity. So $1.5 billion to the Salvation Army and hundreds of millions to NPR. Nice. So I don't know if that levels it out. Redemption. <laughs> Redemption. Not sure it helps because it was Redemption her. Redemption death. <laughs> but yeah, that was nice. Um, the other crazy quote is that every day um, they feed 1% of the world's population, does McDonald's. Is it, as of now, or that's a name? Um, as of 2016, but it's only five years ago. Potentially more pre- now. I mean, oof, 1% of the world's population is always eating McDonald's on a daily basis. Yeah. My God. Yeah, some bad gut rot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, I mean, obviously, the end of this is that he basically screws over the McDonald's brothers. Um, and because they couldn't prove the handshake deal where he bought them out, so I think he paid them $2.8 million between them, which worked out about a million dollars after tax each. And then there was a handshake deal of it was 1% or 3% for every annual profit year on year. But because they couldn't prove the handshake, and because obviously, even though they had money, they never actually got any royalties. So he, he genuinely did screw over the McDonald's brothers, which would have now been worth over $100 million a year for their families. So, yeah. Well, I mean, that is from a business perspective, handshake deal for something like that. Yeah. Poor form. You've got to get that on a, you know, on a contract. He just, he just intimidated them, didn't he? Poor, poor McDonald's bros. But speaking of, of McDonald's bros, the first time that Ray Kroc comes into contact with them 
is during the uh, one of the first iconic scenes that we've now got to. If you uh, are happy for us to move on, we'll start talking about some food. Always. You're the boss, boss. <laughs> I'm not used to this yet. He keeps telling me I'm the boss and he used to be my boss. So this is very strange and peculiar. But we'll move on. <laughs> Go on, he's going to say it. Nice work, Lee. Cheers, a, Lee. A, Thanks, there's, Lee. There's a burger in it for you if you keep that up. Well, this is a very cold burger that I'm about to try in a second. That's going to be death, that this mate. Is going to be all these, like these, these fries are going to be death as well. Good job that I had a sneaky, like an extra burger before I came because I thought this was going to happen. Two burgers, you animal. Yeah, no, my, my absolute animal. My PT is going to be going crazy. Um, so the first scene we're about to talk about is Ray Kroc's first ever mcdonald's according according to the film anyway the way that this goes so um can you remember any of this scene at all or do you want me to do the beat by beat and you can just chip in no, i think i got it right so you, you to set this i feel like chron- chronologically we haven't got it spot on so you might not have a perfect picture but yeah you get so he gets the order right of the the milkshakes he goes out to see him um and he i don't remember exactly the the what, what happens there after but he gets mcdonald's right that is correct. He goes to a yeah. McDonald's and gets a McDonald's. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't, he didn't let you put it out. He gets, he gets he's, ex, he's excited by or enthusiastic about the, the means by which the restaurant operates, which is very different to your typical 1950s burger restaurant. Because he, he's experienced pretty much all of them in his failed travels trying to sell these milkshake mixes. Um, and basically, he's like, how are they doing this? Like, people won't even buy one off of me because they either can't afford to or they just don't want to. And these guys want sticks. Yeah. So it's huge. So he actually goes out of his way from wherever, I believe, is it, is it middle sort of America, St. Saint Louis? Like, it'd be sort of that area. Obviously, California's on the... He travels away, man. He travels away. Oh, he goes, goes far. He gets his map out. That's a big scene. Like, because yeah. he mentions it later on. He gets his map out and puts it on his bonnet like they used to do in those days. And he sort of draws his finger across to where he needs to go to get to San Bernardino. Turns up. This is a massive queue, just of people. No one's in the cars, which is the first thing we should mention that will have been completely different. Gets there and people are queuing in a line to the to the, the register at the front and there's no there's no one pulled up in cars. There's cars about, but no one's like getting served at the cars. Mm-hmm. So he's like, hmm, okay. Joins the queue um, and the lady in front of him, because he sort of checks his watch and she catches him. She goes, don't worry, it moves quick. And he, he's quite a distance away, but then all of a sudden, I don't know whether it's cinema magic or whether it's trying to get over the fact that it is very quick. He ends up at the front. He sort of has a quick look at the menu and it sort of shows the menu in the scene to show how little they have, which again is, again, completely different to what I've experienced before with like, they used to do, you know, like a pie and mash and like steak and Salisbury steak type stuff, those kind of things. Pie and mash in America. Well, not pie and mash, but you know what I mean? You used to get all the kind of like bigger, bigger, bigger foods. Um, and then, yeah, so he gets, um, as I've got right here, I'm going to test because obviously, even though I've had these a thousand times before, this is a food podcast, so we're going to try and incorporate it. He gets a hamburger, French fries, and a Coca-Cola, um, which is 35 cents. Um, he gets 15 cents change, which is just, it, you know, it's mental, really. However, I've worked out based on inflation that that 15 cent burger would be $1.49 today, which would be one pound five if you change it based on today's current currency in the GBP. And this burger that I've got right here, this one, I'm just gonna do a bit of ASMR. Feels like it's freezing. It's 89p. So I, based on based on 1954 prices, you're actually getting you know a good deal here. Um, probably not when I'm gonna buy into this now. So I'm gonna try this because Ray Kroc says that this is the best goddamn burger he's had in his life. 
Yeah. Um, to a to a sweeping Mac McDonald. So I'm just gonna there you go. Look, we don't do stuff by halves. I thought I was gonna look take that a really depressing. I'm just gonna look at that really depressing. Look at that. It's got like a lip. Look at that. It's got like a mouth. Um, I won't take the pickles out because that is part of the the next scene where they mention that there's pickles involved as well. And I don't normally eat them, but I'll I'll do it for you guys. I'll do this. Am I taking over or just that was a powerful bite? Well, while um, the film fella is enjoying that pathetic looking burger, I, I imagine before Ray got his, his, you know, his claws into the brand, they probably made a better burger. But um, yeah, that looks um, looks a bit grim. What, what are you saying? I'll um, I'll finish it after the podcast, which no, you won't. no doubt will be even <laughs> colder. <laughs> Might end up in the bin. We'll see. It'll end up somewhere. No, we don't bin food at Beard HQ. Yeah, that's you, point. You're going to eat that. I saw, I saw one of your, your tweets the other day saying that you don't waste food, so we'll, we'll figure something out. We might blend it into a shake. <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah, tastes like a hamburger. Um, I have no idea. I, I don't have a 1954 hamburger to hand to tell you whether it tastes any different to the, the one that Ray had. Um, based on that meal, though, at 35 cent that would be three dollars 47 now so based on like a regular portion of fries which i'm just going to have one of these as well look, look this is how cold these are now you could stab somebody to death with one of those now look i've just i've just tapped the mic go on then do it again oh i'll get another one getting a bit of, getting a bit of chew Ooh, that was what was that, like a b flat a bit stale um but yeah taste tastes exactly how you'd expect like a really cold mcdonald's french fry um, but that inflation price will be about three pound thirty seven now. Um, or in fact, actually, the price should I say was about three pound thirty seven now. Which, if the inflation cost of three dollars forty seven was converted, it should actually be two pounds thirty eight. This is turning into a maths oh, podcast. Man, we, you I feel tell like we get... both used to work for a bank. God damn it! Are we, uh, what we're saying, I think, is that it's, it's you get kind of inflation off you get the meal compared to inflation. But the burger on its own, you're up if you're oh. in the UK. That's right. what I'm trying to say. Okay, it's definitely <laughs> worth the five minute conversation about that part. <laughs> and yeah, I don't know what the US menu prices are, so lay off. Um, and yeah, he's blown away by the speed. So he gets to the front of the counter and the main part of this, he orders and literally straight away, the guy turns around, big smile on his face, grabs a bag and a, a cup, turns around, just puts it on the thing. And he goes, no, 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 I just ordered. Um, to which the guy goes, no, that's that's yours. And he's just blown away by it because he's like, normally you'd have to wait about half an hour for your food yeah. and like stand or you'd be sat in your car and they'd come wheel over on the rollerblades and give you it. So he's like, what? And then he's like, where's, where's the plates? And the guy's like, there is no plates. You just eat it straight out of the wrapper and throw it away afterwards. To which, again, his mind is absolutely blown. And you can t- Keaton sells this really well. If you go find this scene, even if you don't watch the film, go find the scene on YouTube because his face, he's got like this childlike kind of like wonder in it where there's a glimmer of humanity in Ray Kroc when he's doing this, where he's just like, oh my God, this is, this is, this is the future. My God, the plate industry is out of luck. There are <laughs> going to be no more plates. Got to get in, get in on that paper, on that printing, <laughs> printing press. Um, so he then tries to turn away again. But then, and I mean, if you were one of the people in this queue, you'd be like, dude, can you piss off? Because they've probably been there like twice a week, every week for the past like two years or whatever. And then he just rocks up and he won't leave the front of the queue. He crocks up. Yeah, he just he just, <laughs> just messes it. He just crocks up. So he's he's there at the front and he turns away and he comes back and goes, oh, but, but where do I eat it? And the guy's like, wherever you want. You know, in the car, at the park, you can eat it at home, on a bench, wherever you like. And he's just like, oh, so many options. Oh, cool. And he goes and sits just nice, nicely by himself, just sits on a bench. And uh, yeah, then cops eyes to uh, a lady in a, one of her burgers very seductively, which I always found a bit weird in this scene. But I think it's to emphasize that people love these burgers. 
she's like really i mean sex appeal man sex yeah appeal. some sex appeal there proper biting into it so he's still watching he just leaves his then a little family come and ask if they can sit next to him he's like two girl there's a little girl there's two boys like one of them's come from baseball practice and the mum and they're all tucking into the burgers he's just watching them which is again a bit creepy but i'm guessing it's because he's like blown away that the whole family community will come and like eat there forensic detail essentially he gets the mcdonald's he is wound by the experience Enjoy some almost kind of spiritual enjoyment of the uh, the community around while eating burgers and stuff. And, you know, he's sold. He wants a piece of the McDonald's pie. Not the deep fried pie. It doesn't exist yet. But, yeah, um, never. <laughs> he wants a piece of the figurative McDonald's pie. And that's that's pretty much it. That's the scene. I think, did we do a good job there? Did I do a good I did, job? I did a good job because I, I basically condensed, condensed what you said into, I don't know, 30 seconds. That's why I've got you. You're the food expert, man. I'm just, I just talk about scenes. I could sit here and talk about the scenes in films for forever. You're supposed sure to reel you me in with let's, food. Let's keep the pace up. What have we got next? So the next bit is the speedy system, which is oh, yeah. literally straight after. So in the car park, we'll just go straight into this one. No, no transition necessary. Ah, oh, man, look at Lee's waiting there, chomping <laughs> at the bit. Gone. We'll bring it back, don't worry. So straight away, he's in there, turns around to the guy sweeping up and goes... This might be the best goddamn burger I've ever had in my life. To which it turns out to be Mac McDonald. And he, he tells him, yeah, yeah, it's, it's mine. It's McDonald's. It's me and my brother's points that sign. And which, again, Ray's like blown away that this bloke's just cleaning up his own car park. Happy go Larry sort of style. And yeah, you go into the scene. So I'll let you explain the speedy system. Sp- uh, tall no, I scene, I, don't, I, I don't know if I can do it that well. To me, it's just a fast way of making you know burgers quickly. Like, I, I, I'll let you do the speedy scene. I mean, right, you okay, probably could okay. recount it. Just I'll try, keep I'll try it, and you know, fire concise. through. So he goes in, gives him the tour after he's finished, and basically it's super fast, hectic kitchen. And basically, I don't know if this is too dissimilar to how it is now and probably more people and whatnot, but at the time, two cooks for those all-beef beauties, as uh, Mac McDonald says on the grill, so 100% beef. Um, then they've got the dressers who get the buns ready, um, and there's a bit I don't know if you remember this. Where they've got the trays, and they both go burger crossing and like change oh, yeah. and flip over. Now. And do it. it like makes it seem all magical and sort of Willy Wonka esque. I think it's like that kind of vibe where you're like, oh my god, um, in in the scene. Yeah. Swap over, and then he's like, each burger's got two pickles, a pinch of onions, and a precise shot of ketchup and mustard. Which they've got these weird guns that they've got on like a rotator that goes on a lazy susan that shoots out the specific amount of sauce on the burgers and ray's like oh where the hell did you get those from he's like oh we, we made them it's all, all custom made the whole kitchen is like completely different to any kitchen that's ever been done and then yeah they go to the finishing station which is where they've all been wrapped up and uh, mac turns around and goes yeah voila from grill to counter in 30 seconds yeah. And to this point, uh, I imagine even in real life, real life Ray Kroc is probably like this close. You can't see, obviously, I'm doing a little pinchy hands, but this close to like keeling over in shock. I imagine, yeah, at that speed. I feel like I don't. I don't think I would have been that shocked. Shocked even at the time, you know. I don't thirty it's minutes not, to thirty seconds, though. I know, but I mean, it's not that groundbreaking. People were probably grilling burgers back then, you know, and they they realised that. I think it's just yeah. The fact that he's in a restaurant. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, I thought it was a cool scene. Burger Crossing, by the way, that sounds like it could be a, one of those NAF, you know, <laughs> like, like a, 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 one, of those, one of those games, you know, you play like, a, like you get on the app store that nobody plays. <laughs> like, you mean like Frogger, like but like Frogger, but with more burgers. <laughs> if anyone tries to nick that idea, by the way, now I'll know. We've patented it. Yeah. We've said it. Is that our patents? Yeah. Did you say it out loud on, on the internet? <laughs> Somebody like Ray Crock come along and just rob us. <laughs> yeah, and we're also at this point introduced to Dick McDonald in this scene. 
Yeah. First time you see Nick Offerman, and he he basically just shoots straight past him, completely ignores Ray, not interested. He's got a little notebook out, and he's because his character is like meticulous on everything to the point where you get this from the first line that he has, which is the fries they're five percent too crisp, uh, dropped to two minutes fifty seconds with a higher temp and a shorter cook, and his brother's just like we don't need to do that, and then Ray's trying to tell him that he likes the it's basically a nod to how the fries are now. He likes the the crispiness, the soft filling. Um, not too greasy, not too oily, which is debatable these days, I guess. But yeah, and he's like, "Who are you?" And like, starts questioning him about like, why he's in his kitchen and just yeah, telling him how to run would. his McDonald's. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and then he he wants to basically take him out for dinner. To which the other fantastic line by Nick Hoffman that's delivered pretty well is, "You're really not my type." <laughs> just... You can't imagine him though. The thing is with Nick Hoffman, right? Great actor, right? But he's basically Ron Swanson in everything. I cannot imagine him being like. I don't know, like a, an undercover, a deep cover guy in like a, an Oliver Stone movie or something. You can't see it, can well, you? Well, he actually loves barbecue and uh, carpentry and stuff, doesn't he, in, in real life. So the things mm. that that he does as Ron Swanson are things that he like carries true in his own life. I love the... I, I, yeah, we, we don't want to get into a whole eulogy about Ron Swanson, but there are lots of... I, I don't even watch Parks and Recreation... I just see the scenes, you know, on YouTube. You should watch it. It's, it's a fantastic series. It went a bit downhill near the end, but it's it's a great series. In general, though, that's that's kind of like the big big scene. That's that's kind of the big one where you're like, yeah, that's it's it's McDonald's, all right. It's supposed to be the pivotal scenes, and we say, oh my god, this is how they make burgers so quick. And uh, from then on, yeah, he's hooked. He's, he wants a piece of that. He knows he can manipulate people into making it a cash cow, and thereafter, that's what happens. Do you think the uh, the speedy system has stuck around well i i have to say one thing you've got to say about, about mcdonald's is if i on the rare occasion that, that i go there on like peak time you're talking like saturday 12 o'clock everyone's hung over you know kids want the the you know the afternoon mcdonald's people oh, are cards now in happy meals yeah people are at a loose end and you go there and you're like oh my god there are two like that's mind-blowing there are two lanes in the drive-thru now yeah i don't know how that works i don't know how they know who's who's it in changes. Front of who. I, when i came to get this it like it pulled up to the screen it was someone else's order and it suddenly just changed to mine i think the track license plates i think that's something i've been Technology's told taking before. over now it's crazy, rise of the machines it? soon the machine will be, be just coming to the window and just giving you it at some point i imagine <laughs> yeah that wouldn't be a bad i mean they, I don't. I was about to make a joke about McDonald's employees, but I, I didn't want to tar everyone with the same brush. McDonald's employees, including my own brother, he doesn't work there now. He once he gave me a bunch of coffee once. He, did. he used to work at the one at, um up in uh, uh, Colton. Yeah, that's the place. Yeah. Um, and I was there before us. I'm going to a stag party in um in Amsterdam, and I arrived too early. And uh, he plied me with lots of coffee. I think he messaged me after and was like, "I've just seen beard." <laughs> I was like, "All right, okay." Yeah, yeah. I got some. I got some free coffee, and that's another thing. Actually, while we're on the topic of McDonald's, we might not get to cover this again. There is. I don't. I don't want to start some kind of libel case. Where it's the, Here we the, go. The podcast <laughs> is in its infancy, but there's something in those in the McDonald's coffee. I mean, it shouldn't. McDonald's coffee should not taste nicer than say like Starbucks or you know barista brewed coffee by experts. But there's something like liquid crack in that man. It's just good. And they found they found out that it reaches higher than boiling point, higher, higher than water temperature boiling point. I think so. It's got to have something in it. I. Did did not know this. Um, also, if McDonald's, you're listening. I, I they did, won't. I didn't, it's I, cool. I, I, I didn't say anything. It was bad. <laughs> <laughs> it was just bad. Go after him. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Um, but yeah. Is there anything else that you want to mention about that scene in particular? Not that scene. No. no. Should we, we move on that? to the, the last one, which is a bit shorter, and then we'll wrap this up? Yeah, but this is the this is the scene to me that resonates in my head the most, I think. the We're talking about the milkshake scene? Yes. I thought it was. Yes. Yeah. 
So we'll uh, we'll we'll bring Lee back for the second to last. Go time, on, Lee, I get guess. it. I think so. his time his timing was off there. He came in way too late. Come on, Lee, <laughs> step up your game. Uh, so powdered milkshake, the controversial sort of scene and most interesting scene, and also the one where. Ray Kroc's a bit of a sneaky dog, isn't he, really? He's, he's the, the husband to uh, his future wife is sat there at the table, delivers him this fantastic money-making idea. Um, and yeah, they're giving each other the, the goo-goo eyes over the table. Yeah. Which is, uh, it's not, not, it's just not a nice bloke, is he, really? It's not on that, is it? <laughs> this is the straw that breaks the camel's back, wasn't it? The whole powder milkshake thing. Which, which as well, I should say, I've completely forgot, but we do, we do. I did... For um, you know, for authenticity, although it's not powdered, I was actually going to get some Nesquik and get two cups and try and see if Beard could tell the difference between a powdered. Oh, I could tell you joking. You probably, I could you probably tell the can, difference. to be honest. Um, but I've got um, Ray Kroc mentions later in the film that he's a vanilla guy, um, so I, I got a vanilla milkshake, which I think we mentioned vanilla milkshake last week because I said chocolate and you were like, mm, yeah, we're talking about the Pulp Fiction one, and I said I'd go with with a burger, I would go with vanilla. You said no, I'm going to get chocolate. And uh, now I've gone vanilla, so just, um, I don't know if it'll come up this paper straw because it's been sat there for that long, but um, again, I don't know if this will be good ASMR or bad ASMR, but we'll we'll try it anyway. It's lost its sludge. It's kind of more more, more milky, I guess. It's not as thick as, as they usually are when you get them straight away. But that was uh, me trying a McDonald's vanilla milkshake. And, uh, Is it life-altering? Yeah, well, it just tastes like a vanilla milkshake, to be honest. To be fair, though, I mean, McDonald's, when it, when it comes to stuff McDonald's do, you got to say the, the milkshakes are all right. Yeah, you know, they, they're, they're they decent. Are. They're, just, they're just standard fare, aren't they? They're good, they're, good. they're what you want. They're, they're quite a thick milkshake as well. Like, if you get one from, like, a carton from somewhere else, it's only, you, like, if you buy well, it from that's a the shop, whole... like, they're not like that. Yeah, that's the whole thing, isn't it? He, do, he wants to, t- Ray Kroc wants to turn them into Yazoo milkshakes, right? Yes. Yeah. And <laughs> they want to keep the good old-fashioned ice cream, dairy luxury premium feel to them and that's where where the scene comes in because yeah. i guess we haven't even really described the scene and we, i just got excited because i forgot that i had a, a melted <laughs> vanilla milkshake behind yeah. me um so he, he he sort of opens this scene you can find this on youtube as well if you can't be asked watching the entire film but he's like it's a problem all that ice cream and I, that was the kind of my closest impression of uh, his Michael Keaton Ray Kroc voice that I could do with my terrible, it's pretty bad, that, strong yeah. Northern oh, Yorkshire accent. Um, it basically, wants to save hundreds of dollars a year by reducing the time of a shake. So Joan, who is his future wife, who he basically you know divorces his wife, as we mentioned before, and hooks up with her. Is she's one of the franchisees, and he's sat there with her and her current husband as they're trying to come up with a way of getting rid of these big fridges that the McDonald's brothers have said you've got to have in all of them. And mm. this is kind of one of the final straws that kind of breaks the camel's back. I think so I just used that exact metaphor, John, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for stealing that. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah I'm doing a full Ray Kroc here. This is, this is the point of the film, though, as well, isn't it? That it kind of, it go, it crosses that line where you're thinking, I get it, he's trying to optimise, he's trying to make money, okay. And then when you get to the point where he's, he's destroying their legacy just yeah. to make, he, he's making the product worse just to make more money. You, that's when you lose him. That's yeah. when you finally think, right, this, this dude is, is a douchebag. I think the film paints it in that very yeah. twist. That That is where this comes in, which is probably why you're saying it's so pivotal. So at, at this point, Joan's like, she slides a magazine across um, it's like a restaurant weekly magazine and it's got the Instamix powdered milkshake in vanilla or chocolate. And eventually there is a strawberry because there's a really cruel scene where he uh, he posts a packet 
to yeah. a Dick and Mac that's just got the little S. It's just literally got an S on the packet and they turn it around. It's like a strawberry powdered milkshake and the note just says, it now comes in strawberry, love, Ray, or something like that. Yeah. Like proper twat levels of uh, being, being, yeah. a, being an ass, really. And yeah, it's got powdered milk, thickening agents, emulsifiers, and it's supposed to imitate the texture of ice cream, which I, I'm guessing it doesn't. They even make a joke, actually, that it's a tad blasphemous of um, the dairy background that Ray was originally must have been in the dairy industry at some point. Well, he sold milkshake machines, didn't he? So. Oh, yeah, good point. Yeah, what am I talking about? I was thinking, it's... for some reason, my head was in like farms and cows and things like that. But yeah, he did. Your head was in a cow. Yeah, my, my head good turned Lord. into a cow. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the great lines after this when he's talking to the McDonald's brothers is that um, Dick sort of turns around because he's sort of like the guy that always sort of tells them, tells Ray they're not doing that is we have no interest in serving milkshake with no milk what next sawdust in the hamburgers frozen french fries and it's like well yeah it's, uh, that's come to pass now on it really that it, it uh, does frozen have, french fries it does heavily foreshadow the uh i'm not, not that we're saying that sawdust is in burgers no, we're not just saying to legally cover ourselves but um yeah the the quality they're not um, they're not they're definitely not beef and they say it's beef man it's like zebu or something that you can legally call beef but it's not actually beef um, oh, it's yeah. looking it's looking very sad right now is this hamburger that's still here and then there's another line after that where he's called it's a milkshake ray real milk now and forever and then he just puts the phone down <laughs> Yeah. And again, it's Nick Offerman doing it. It it's is, just, but yeah, you brilliant. can. It's the delivery, man. That makes it, that. Yeah, that is funny. And I guess before we round all this out, so that that was sort of like an adjacent scene to the scene we were talking about with powdered milkshake. But it does say at the end that milk is now back um, in McDonald's milkshakes. I couldn't find out when this change happened. I did some extensive research. I googled it, and and there was no there was no answer to say when this changed. However, mm. this is a fact. McDonald's in the US refers to their milkshakes as shakes. And this is due to dairy laws varying what a milkshake actually is from state to state. So this had originally, the reason that they've put this on their website is because it sparked rumors that because they called them shakes, in air quotes, um, they don't have milk in them, they don't have ice cream, it's, they've gone back to powdered. So they've had to cover themselves by explaining it. Um, and apparently they do use reduced fat vanilla ice cream and then they add a flavour into it to make chocolate or strawberry. It does make sense because they are actually reasonably um, low calorie for them. I'm, I mean, I'm just going to check. I'm just going to check. Keep yeah. talking, I'm just going to check. Well, while you, while you check, you compare that, for example, to a Five Guys milkshake. And I mean, there's worlds apart. Those are probably what, like two, 300 calories, Five Guys milkshake, depending the, on the mixes. You're talking like about a thousand tastes lighter if that's a thing it tastes light yeah but worse <laughs> yeah probably worse i mean i um you know before we find i'm going to move on to the outro in just five seconds or so but i had my first uh beard shake the other week after we did our pulp fiction episode i got five guys because we'd mentioned them nice. tried it not bad just uh yeah paper straws great for the environment terrible for giant pieces of bacon and oreo they need, they need <laughs> to deal with that i mean there's got to be some kind of compromise it's really starting to wind me up now that you get the paper straws in there because they just cannot handle the regular milkshake, let alone the one with bacon bits in it. It's just, man, it's just... I was spooning them out by the end. My my partner was looking at me in horror as I was just eating bits of milky bacon. Yeah, I just take the lid off and just get my well, stuff. in I've seen what there. you do, it ends up bloody everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Right, should we go to the outro? Because I think we've, we've talked about McDonald's and the founder for long enough, probably. But, I mean, I don't think we've really given... Uh, to endorse the film enough. It's a good film. It's a fantastic film, yes. Go, go and watch it. Even if you're not necessarily into, you know, a, a fast food historical, um, non-fiction 
Um, so if you're not into what the film's about, go watch it. Yeah, go, it doesn't sound like it's good, but it's a good film. It's got a fantastic cast. Every everyone in it is really well cast, and they're all you know. If, if you know nothing else about films, you'll recognise the people in it. So. Also, a quick, I don't want to drag this out any longer than we need to, but isn't Michael Key? I heard a rumor he's coming back in, as Batman to, in some kind of capacity. Correct. He's coming back in the new Flash film that has started filming. They've actually put a picture out this past week of the original 1989 Batman suit with a speck of blood on the uh, on the yellow. So are they de-aging him, or like is he just going to be old? No, Batman? he's playing a multiverse version, which will be set in that universe that his films were set in. Because um, obviously, the Flash can travel through the multiverse due to the Speed Force. So let's so, get too technical. Is he going to be old Batman? Or it's like... going to be old Batman. Right, I think cool, they're but... using him as sort of like the. If you've ever watched or read Batman Beyond, um, which has got um, like an old Bruce Wayne um, training up a, a young up and comer that he's decided to create as a future Batman, they're kind of going for that angle, but they're going to use Michael Keaton basically. Going to be like the the DC EU multiverse. Oh, good lord! Figure. All right, let's not go, let's not get into it. And we uh, what we can't talk about Michael Keaton either without mentioning his, his greatest film, Jack Frost. Man, that yes. still gets me now. Yeah, so, yeah. No, the less said, the better. I might start crying. It makes me emotional, genuinely. It's a ridiculous story, but... I thought you were just going to go... comes back as a snowman. I thought you were just going to end this by going, I'm Batman. And then just... This is... Like, what's that? What's, which is the one where it's... Uh, she says, oh, I, I, I don't... Uh, she, oh, yeah, my, my mum told me not to get into cars with strangers. And then Christian Bale goes, this is Nagore. Anyway, let's, let's, <laughs> let's move on to the outro. Let's go to the outro, because we'll be here all day just doing Michael yeah. Keaton. <laughs> And that is episode two in the bag. How, how was that for you, Beard? I feel like we peaked with episode one. <laughs> <laughs> Just shuts the laptop, walks out. It's we'll hard go separate ways. <laughs> this is a, it's more, I mean, it's obviously it's a fictional film, but it's it's less fictional than a, a purely fictional film, if that makes sense, because yes. it's about a true thing. So it's l- probably less exciting. I don't know what the next episode is going to be, but we'll make it more more exciting. We'll figure it out. We've got a massive list. We, we did make a massive list, or I made a massive list of food and film related scenes and I sort of shoved them in front of his face and he just nodded which I think means that he agreed that there would be stuff we could talk about in them <laughs> yeah that means I'm busy you choose but there are some there are some standouts on there we could do um so we'll we'll, uh, we'll definitely be back again uh we are now available wherever you get your podcasts it was a long and arduous road trying to get us distributed um I believe at the time of recording we are not yet on iTunes however we may be when you listen to this I'm on iTunes. Garlic bread. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> um, so whatever your favorite podcast provider is, just go find us on it. Movie Mouthfuls podcast, you should be able to find us. If you do listen on iTunes eventually, what would do us a massive favor is if you leave a review and a star review um, just, just down at the bottom when you use the podcast player for iTunes. That will massively help. It should get us out there in, in the open a bit more. So, a good star review. Don't leave like a one star review. Yeah, yeah. No, we're, we're suggesting that you give a, a nice, good Unless star it really review. Is that I mean, it's hard to be objective. If it is a one star podcast, let us know. We will quit. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but yeah, make sure you subscribe and, and follow. Um, you can find us as a, a collective. Um, it's usually me. I'm I'm manning the stations for this because Beard is is very is a very busy man. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all under the same handle of at Movie Mouthfuls. You can find myself over on Twitter at TheFilmFella underscore. And, you know, if you're so inclined to do so, apparently a few of you were, and I'm very thankful. You can go find me on YouTube, The Film Fella. 
Um, I do film and TV reviews and stuff like that. Um, I'll be doing it again at some point. And uh, Beard, do, do you want to advertise yourself? You, you never seem very... I'm good. I don't like to draw attention to myself. Just, you know... <laughs> no, I mean, you could, most people know where to find me. Beard meets food everywhere, as we discussed. Not Not everywhere, but pretty much everywhere that you would expect him to be, he's there. I'm Just... definitely not on TikTok or Snapchat. I'll, I'll, I'll do what we mentioned last week, but I won't mention it again in case we have any younger viewers. Yeah. <laughs> viewers, listeners even, not viewers. What am I on about? Any younger listeners. Um, if you fancy sending in any questions or you've got anything that you want to say, tweet us is probably the best bet. Um, but you can also email us at moviemouthfuls at gmail.com. If you want to support us, you can do. We've got a Patreon now. Uh, if you fancy donating towards this there's a patreon we've got a patreon now oh my god (laughs) this is a professional you know i'm just trying to sound as professional as possible while we do this and again big thanks to lee um i I messaged him earlier on this week to change a few things and he he did it within like literally a day so if you're listening cheers lee yeah thanks lee your timing was off but (laughs) improve for next week we're not bullying him i swear um we'll be back very soon but until then remember the world is full of educated fools in a bit. Don't want to say bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Dietrich. I'm Alex. And I'm Ben. We're from the podcast That Song from That Movie, the journey through the very best and worst of movie songs. We want you to join us on our voyage across the cinematic sound waves as we take a deep dive on a new song and movie each week to figure out just what makes them tick. Already we've set sail with Celine Dion on the Titanic, found a friend in Toy Story, and gotten drenched out in the rain with Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Hopefully each breakdown allows us to answer the ultimate question of what's better, the movie or the song. Or at least learn something new along the way. Just like learning that Toy Story 4 is a meaningless cash grab without a soul. You can subscribe right now on all good podcast platforms. If you use one of the bad ones, then that's on you, and we can't be held responsible. Subscribe to That Song from That Movie.